When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that sometimes gets serious and thinks about the generations of gay men that came before us and never knew what it was to hear a Beyonce song on the radio. Oh, yeah. But I bet I bet they play her on repeat in the afterlife. Like the, the gay disco dance party. That there's is just a Beyonce heaven. room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, the Beyonce room. The Beyonce. That's what we're talking about now. <laughs> and today's episode is the Beyonce room. <laughs> is it that Beyonce's there or that they're playing Beyonce or everyone is Beyonce? What's your fantasy Beyonce room? <laughs> Like a room made out of Beyonce's? That's Beyonce's the wallpaper? It's heaven. It's fine. Everyone, it's something that's cool and not gross in heaven. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. We're we're talking about love. love. Um, It's almost Valentine's Day. It is almost Valentine's Day. So this is a, uh, you know... Just one more reminder of crushing loneliness. Let's. Uh, this is a little bit for like those that are not in a relationship to help commiserate and remind us that we were in this together a little bit, yeah. even when we're alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, that could. I feel like there was something beautiful in what I said, and if I thought about it and like it could have been anyway i mean i'll hear it later like i'll real i'll real i'll listen to the show i always listen to the show once just to like hear what you've edited out and what mm-hmm. you kept mm-hmm. and i'll i'll let you know if what you said was profound or not when i hear it again <laughs> thanks if it makes it um but first but first i have a quick correction of sorts okay i had said uh I went on a on a tirade about how hot Stephen Strait is from The Expanse, and that I was upset that nobody told me. Um, the Wow Guildies told me they told me months ago, a year ago, that that I should be watching that show because that boy hot. And I just, I like, I acknowledge your your presence in my life, and I promise to do better at listening to you in the future. You beautiful, beautiful weirdos. All right, that's very nice of, of you to to do that for them your correction center is sometimes like i didn't do life perfectly yeah. which like that's we don't need to correct our lives yeah well that's true <laughs> i'm like or you're like in one episode i said that the date on this was 1983 and it was 1983 and a half like yeah. corrections could be like here's a giant thing that was wrong or that was mean anyway i guess you do do what you want i yeah. support you great hey hey wow guild I never talk to you, nor do I plan to. But but I still love you. Yeah. Um. News. Time for the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 Okay. Uh. First up, in a way, I like somebody. Somebody very important to our community is now enjoying the Beyonce room in heaven. We're going to talk about him. Boy, that's wait. Sorry. Can I interrupt your important thing with something less important? Yes. I forgot what it was. Oh, Oh, the expanse. Yeah. Didn't you talk to like an actor in the expanse? Didn't they message us and say they listened? Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. We (laughs) do. 
you're not okay. Well, apparently they're a recurring character that's going to happen in season five. So I don't really actually know who they are yet. But oh. like, yes, they had a there. There's a, a listener who was on the Expanse who reached out to us, and um, yeah. And you're being vague because we don't know if we're allowed to say who this is, or or if like maybe we want to have a chat with them on the show. Oh, maybe I want to bang them, and like I like you know, there's just a world of possibilities, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> sure let's keep it vague <laughs> it's it's funny being able to vague post but like on your own podcast yeah, right. <laughs> that's fun okay okay who died oh yeah oh okay. sorry entered the beyonce room in heaven yep uh the 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 newest the newest occupant of the beyonce room in heaven oh. arnie Kantrowitz, uh who is a pioneering activist uh for the gay community uh is dead at the age of 81 he is perhaps best known as being one of the co-founders of GLAD. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation was formed in 1985, and he was one of the people that was part of that beginning. But he also, before that, um, was an early champion of gay rights and, quote, an indefatigable campaigner for fairer treatment of gay people, by the media. Now, what does indefatigable mean specifically? Indefatigable? Yeah. Like, you never run out of energy. You never get fatigued. Oh. Yeah. Um, he was the vice president of the Gay Activists Alliance, which was one of the first groups founded in the wake of the Stonewall riots in 1970. What was that called? Sorry, I don't think I've heard of it. Gay Activists Alliance. Alliance. Oh, okay. GAA oh. or the Gay. Gay. <laughs> no, no, okay, yes. There was the GAA and then there was... A, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, he also was a professor in the English department at the City University of New York College's... New York's College of Staten Island from 1965 to 2006. Uh, he created one of the first gay studies courses in the nation. He wow. promoted the work of Walt Whitman and other gay writers. In 1977, he published a memoir, Under the Rainbow, Growing Up Gay, in which he talked about the difficulties that he and other gay people faced in mid-century America. Uh, he was open about the fact that he twice tried to commit suicide. And uh, it is, uh, um, uh, yeah, it is, he's just was really really important to us and our and our history and and has now passed unfortunately he passed of complications of uh covid 19 hmm. but yeah he was 81 and uh now he gets to listen to love on top on repeat i guess <laughs> do you think hell has a like a bjork room of hell or something <laughs> like what's <laughs> yeah yeah, what would be what Where, like would be, Christian fundamentalists go right. <laughs> or something? I don't know. It's Michael W. Smith on repeat. <laughs> like, they're they're a bunch of Christian rock folks that loved that reference mm. just now. Um, okay. I just smiled and pretended like I do during sex. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. Sayonara, Arnie. <laughs> Thanks for everything. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Worst end to the sky. Let's move on to news number two. I, I haven't even had that much wine yet. Like, Sayonara, I, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, news the second. So, Jonathan Van Ness and Sean Penn have been fighting on Twitter. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is pretty interesting. It all started in um, when Sean Penn did a interview in The Independent. And he said, quote, I think that men have, in my view, become quite feminized. I have these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. There are a lot of, I think, 
cowardly genes that lead people lead to people surrendering their genes with a J and putting on a skirt. Mm. Um, and uh, this like this like weird, toxically masculine idea that like men are becoming feminized mm. and that masculinity is disappearing is just such bullshit and and um you see it in a lot of places yeah i didn't expect it from like liberal elite <laughs> sean penn who's not known for being a conservative fuckface by any means yeah um but isn't he known as being kind of an asshole just in general oh, like yeah. in his life and okay. difficult to work with yeah, or whatever yeah. Um, I love that because that's usually what they say about women when they like just have an opinion. So like right. for Sean Penn to like get the, but, oh, but he's so difficult to work with. I kind right. of love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, quote, I'm in the club that believes that men in American culture have become wildly feminized. I don't think that to be fair to women that we should become them. Wow. That, that attitude is to draw something very long reach that I completely believe in. I think this is why we have school shootings. I think mm. the idea that men can't talk about our emotions and need to be a certain way contributes to violence in white cis men who who don't have any other outlet and are have either mental health issues or we know that um like men commit suicide more often like there is a disease of masculinity and this is a perfect example of the shitty behavior that tells men that you have to be a certain way and any female quality is Mm -hmm. bad any Mm -hmm. traditional stereotypical feminine quality is bad and that includes probably i mean he's talking about like the way you dress but the implication there is probably talking about things or having feelings or emotions or we're talking about love, like loving people. Like there's so many things that men, masculine, traditional masculinity doesn't allow men to do or be. Yeah. I'm suddenly reminded. I think I've told this story before. I'm suddenly reminded of my grandparents who would just flip the fuck out if they saw somebody um, with their pants riding too low, Mm, could see their underwear. And like, I mean, and inevitably it was a brown person, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they're not, they're not upset about the race. It's not racist. They're upset at the pants, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's just interesting that he would talk about like wearing skirts instead of jeans as mm-hmm. being like the entry point for this and sort of in denial that it's anything to do with misogyny or homophobia. Yeah. Just, it's so, so fucking stupid. Well, anyway, JVN got back to him on Twitter and said, quote, first of all, I'm non-binary. Second, at Sean Penn, your remarks are ignorant, transphobic, and devoid of intelligence. My cowardly genes have more strength, resolve, and beauty than you could understand. Sean is suffering from toxic masculinity and needs to watch Getting Curious. Have you seen Getting Curious? Watch it? I thought it was a podcast. I well, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just reading the tweet. <laughs> I'm just here to read the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> the teleprompter said to read the, Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's his own it's his Netflix show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and uh, this article switches between he, she, and they pronouns for JVN because those think, are their pronouns. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna. And um, so, yeah, they recently launched their own Netflix show, Getting Curious, based on their podcast of the same name, where they examine topics from vaccine mix- misinformation to the Panama Canal. Okay, can I go on a side rant that I both support JVN and here we go? Yeah. I just, 
a celebrity podcast where they interview people they think are interesting and learn about topics is like I'm that's so boring. You didn't have a <laughs> tell me you ha, you wanted to do a podcast and didn't have an idea without telling me you wanted to do a podcast and didn't have an idea. Yep. That's like it's just I think um Adam Conway who did um I forget what it's called the uh, truth Adam's truth <laughs> Adam ruins everything. Okay. That was such a well done TV show that I haven't heard the podcast turned into a podcast that like, let me learn about things and tell you why you're wrong about these. But like everything else is just like, you just didn't, you want, you, someone said you needed a podcast. Right. Yeah. I just, I just get so frustrated when celebrities or like, let me get like, we'll do an advice show. I uh, I'm unqualified within affairs. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, let me give you advice. Like that format is funny. Interesting. The first time. And I'm so annoyed that so many celebrities like get into the podcast thing. Don't yeah. respond to our requests. I mean, interview. And yeah, then, yeah. Like, <laughs> what I just heard you say is, thank God we're not famous. Otherwise we wouldn't be as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> To be nice to myself for once in my life. Okay, great. I think the fact that anyone listens to us and we like have no, like we had, we are not people that are famous or, and no one knows who the fuck we are. Like we are not coming from like, you know, you'll always see like actors that are like, oh yeah, like, well, his dad was like fucking, I don't know. I can't think of any actors, but like, you know, like we came from nothing. And so you have to like, think you have to put more work into, you have to have more interesting ideas. You have to actually have a concept that resonates with people and celebrities just get to be like, oh, a ton of people listen to me. Like, let me go do this thing. Cool. Oh, 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 I learned about this fact. Cool. (laughs) That's a whole show. You know, I don't know. Now I'm going to go be famous over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. I support you in what you're saying, JV. Good for you. Love it. Love it. Love the skirt. Yep. Yep. And um, I also, I think I've said this quote on the show before, but I'm going to say it again. When Van Ness came out in The Advocate's sister publication, Out Magazine, uh, she said, quote, Some days I feel like a man, but then other days I feel like a woman. I don't really, I think my energies are really all over the place. Any opportunity I have to break down stereotypes of the binary, I am down for it. I'm here for it. I think a lot of times gender is used to separate and divide. It's this social construct that I don't really feel like I fit into the way I used to. Um, Fuck, I completely change. I'm like, we need people that are non-binary, that are trans, that are queer like we need those people like uh, hosting shows and being like all over the place so i take it back fine hmm. do do any podcast you want like that's like i want i sh- i want those voices to be more prevalent and and out there so i should i retract I, I apologize <laughs> dear this is a correction on what i just said here moments ago <laughs> i should uh yeah great <laughs> Um, is this still the news? Sorry, yeah, news, news. The last. Yeah, sorry, I'm making this way too long. In what I is okay. in what is my favorite news story of the week? New Delhi in India has an it has the the Gaya Airport G A Y A, and their airport code is G A Y Gay. So you can fly from PDX to Gay, <laughs> and and that is you know Portland to. I mean, you're leaving Gay to go to Gay, right? <laughs> New Delhi, India. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Parliament in India had tried to get it changed because they think it is, quote, <gasps> inappropriate. Yeah, this is 
this is great. Yeah. This, okay, okay. Uh, the, the, there was a report from the Parliament um, from the Committee on Public Undertakings that wants to change the airport code. And they said that it was, quote, inappropriate, unsuitable, offensive, and embarrassing. They suggested YAG as the alternative, which is just gay backwards. We still win. Like, but, but, um, they, <laughs> that's, that's just a gay laying on his back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's interesting then because the International Air Transport Association, the IATA, which is the, um, international body that gets to decide these things. Wow. Um, they ended up saying, quote, Gaia Airport IATA code GAY has been in use since operationalization of Gaia Airstrip. Hence, without a justifiable reason, primarily concerning air safety, IATA <laughs> has expressed its inability to change the code of Gaia Airport. They said, nah, bitch. No. Fucking do I, with they, it. They, okay. A very great response. If I could just, I wish they would have said, we can, but we won't. Yeah. Like, you, you know, they said, we can't. Like, they can, but like, we can, but we won't. Like, that would have been even better, but I, but I love it. Or, or just a, a memo on like really fancy looking letterhead that said, you're inappropriate. <laughs> okay, yes, that would have been the right. No signature, not like like yeah, the, the seal and whatever. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Uh, so the, their their stance is that codes are permanent unless there is a serious safety concern, and this does not meet that bar. Hmm. That's the news. That's the news. Um, well, if you want to become a safety concern, sign up for our Patreon. Um, I would like to thank the following new Patreon members. Chen Lang Wang, who my um, autocorrect changed their last name to Wangler. So I'm, I'm, I also enjoy that as a nickname maybe for you. Uh, Jared. Oh, I was going to say just Jared, but then... Isn't that a website? Or <laughs> Isn't that a trashy website? The dude from Subway? That's not good. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no. No, we don't want any of that. Uh, Paul McDonald? Great. Uh, okay. We, yeah, I guess we have nothing to say. You have three capital letters in your name. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a thing I pointed out. Um, E-I-E-I-O? Mm. Yeah. All right. Great. Next. Russian judge gives you six out of ten. Um, <laughs> James Wood. Uh, and yes. Wait. Oh, like the actor who's on The Simpsons all the time. No, I don't, I don't know who that is. Maybe. Oh, that's James L. Woods. Oh, or is it Wood? I don't know. Mm. Um, and Cat A. Crane. Um, I don't know if it's important, what? but Crane is all lowercase. Did you do that on purpose? Did you mistype? Yeah. Who knows? No one. Um, Are you Fraser's daughter? <gasps> I fuck. I was gonna get a quote from Fraser for this episode about, and I forgot to do it. Oh, shit. Maybe I'll do that during the. It's never too late. The magic of editing. It's never too late, which we always do now. really well at. So good. <laughs> um, they if, if if what you just heard, the entire new segment was five minutes long. It's because I cut so much of it. Um, thank you to everyone who signed up for Patreon. We really appreciate your love and support, and mm. it means a lot to. Okay, uh, it means a lot to us. So thank you. Um, and if you want to sign up and support us, go to patreon.com slash slash podcast. Do it. Do you want to talk about love? Yeah, I I noticed you broke out the rosé. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like this is this is going to be, you know, this is going to be one of those episodes that I just um I I I both suggested this because I I feel like we we've done a lot of we've done a lot of we've done a lot of crazy things over the years, Mike. Boy howdy. And <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, but recently, I I don't feel like we've had like kind of a, a personal episode and both with valentine's day coming up just in my personal life uh, and i'm uh, gonna read into like uh, just with you i I just feel like this is what (laughs) in case anybody's forgotten that we're very sad (laughs) very sad yeah for the new listeners hello we're mike and kyle we're very sad we almost titled this podcast very gaming sad (laughs) with mike and kyle um Uh, yeah we're both single um uh, and half of us is dating. Yeah. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. This just felt relevant, especially around Valentine's day to like, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, we have plenty of time to do the sad part. Uh, do, we have plenty of rosé to go before we do the sad part. Yeah. Do you want to? <laughs> In the meantime, I'm going to talk about the history of love. Okay. I'm curious what that means because like, I would, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So, I'll, I'll try to do the short version because this there is a lot here. Obviously, there are um, love like all of our emotions predate written history, and and there are presumably and and there are animals, there are non-human animals that also have emotions, and a lot of them have social structures that at least mimic the concepts of love. Wow, we're uh, really I'm I, I'm liking this. Like we are breaking love down to like let's what like what is love? Let's yeah. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm hungover, so I can't sing. But that, that <laughs> just maybe cut that in. I'll, here. You can <laughs> sing later yeah. when you're feeling great, and I'll cut in a beautiful <laughs> verse. It's going to sound incredible. <laughs> um, so romantic love in the like rom-com sense really is a... Invention of Victorian culture, mostly there are there are there are previous examples, but um, you know for the for the most part, coupling and having kids and all of that is more about like property and the the utility of combining families together, and of course, like you know, the Italy prime minister's daughter can marry the Spanish, you know, whoever the fuck, and that will bring together our two countries because we've been at war, and like this, something, something, yeah, yeah, and and but it's like the idea that like it's two people who are like deeply into each other and support each other, and our romance is a relatively recent idea culturally at least in western society that can't okay but but is it like before like we put names to things yeah surely but like before people still like felt love for each other and probably did like there were ways that they were allowed to do that or whatever but like yeah i don't know romance is not an invention of victorians like Maybe our modern concept of the is it the, the maybe the stereotypes of what love looks like and the and the path you're supposed to take is yes. that oh, okay yeah 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 I, I mean there's a to like grossly oversimplify it there is the whole thing about like the caveman grabs the her by the hair clubs her over the head and drags her back to his cave there is there is some of there's some of that's you know God I want to be clubbed I know. <laughs> well so let's go back to the ancient Greeks okay ancient Greeks are always a great place to start yeah. And they had a bunch of words that we translate as love. And it goes to show that the word love actually in English is very much a um, a complicated, sort of ambiguous, encompasses multiple things word. Yeah. So um, here, here are some of the words that the, that the Greeks had for 
love. Uh, agape, which meant love, especially brotherly love or charity. And um, it was also the love of God for man and of man for God. Um, it's, it's interesting that brotherly love and love for God are the same. Do they? Yeah. Huh. Like those two things seem like distinct concepts. And I wonder how much of that is like placing men as godly. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it was used in ancient texts to denote feelings for your children and feelings for your spouse. It was also used to refer to a thing called the love feast, which I think <laughs> we absolutely... I, I want to be in the <laughs> bottom in a love feast. <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, some kind of... It's a Christian thing. The Christians uh, I- I invented it, but um, and it, it has... I, I don't know. The the love feast is just, it's way less interesting than it sounds, okay, I think. Yeah. Okay, so not defining it as, I, I'll probably like it better with I, no more information. I guarantee I, your love feast is better. <laughs> <laughs> Second, eros, or eros, um, love, mostly of sexual passion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the, the, the modern Greek word erotas, which means intimate love. Um, it's where erotic comes from in our language. And I mean, it's the, that's the like, I want to bang, let's get down with the fucking kind of love. I was just thinking like, <clears throat> we, we have sexual love. I was trying to think of those two words that we have, I made love, but that I feel like in our modern culture implies I am both romantically in love with this person. And then we had sex. Yeah. I'm trying to think if we, we, I don't think we have a. I don't know. I, I think we put love and sex so differently. We don't have a sexual love. We call them fuck buddies or like kind of, I think we reduce the sexual portion of it. We don't talk about it. We like kind of like why we have this show. Like we, there's so much that we diminish about the caring and, and affection and feelings around sex. Yeah. That, that are, that love is romantic and sex is sex. And you know, yeah, that's interesting that they have a word for sexual love. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I, I mean the, the, the phrase make love is the, like the one example of those coming together, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely to me has implications of we are, we are in a committed partnership and we had sex. Like people don't go like, Oh yeah. When I was made made love to this chick, high five, high five, high five, mm-hmm. you know, like, but even hookups, like there's a, yeah, there's, there's a feeling that we don't define as love that that's some kind of affection in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, Plato and Socrates, uh, talked about Eros helping your soul recall knowledge of beauty and contributes to an understanding of spiritual truth. Can you say that helping your soul, what was that like? Recall knowledge of beauty. Wow. Yeah. And they, were, they were very good. <laughs> good for them. They did good. Yeah. And they, but they also believed that the ideal form of beauty was youthful beauty, which oh. that, you know, let's goes back to the last episode that was like Davy Wavy's third pro was like, they so cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. But yeah, anyway, and we'll get to the younger guys thing in Greek culture here in just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, the third one is philia or, or philius, which is um, affection. Uh, or affectionate regard or friendship usually between equals and mm. it's it's the one that would most 
accurately describe our relationship. Mm. Um, it is. It is. You feelios me. Yeah, I, I feelios. I feelios the crap out of you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the ass in feelios. Um, uh, it is. It is. It is. It's loyalty to friends, family, community. It requires virtue, equality, and familiarity. Hmm. And um, yeah, philia. They had Storge or Storgi, which is... Um, <laughs> they weren't allowed to change their airport code either. Right. <laughs> Storge. <laughs> it's offensive. Uh, it means love or affection, especially of parents and children. Hmm. It is the common or natural empathy like that felt by parents for offspring. Hmm. Um, it, it, is, it is almost exclusively used in the literature as, a, um, as describing family relationships. It is also sometimes used when referencing the love for one's country or a favorite sports team. Wow, those are such different concepts <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it is like, I I don't know for sure, but part of it feels like there is this, I love you even when you don't deserve it kind of a feeling. <gasps> I've like, talked about that for Texas. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You're, you're, I, I get that makes more sense as to there could be a connection there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there well. is, I think there's something interesting with like the love of your, we talk about like blood versus chosen family. Like there's your blood flame and I think we need to remember you don't owe them a relationship, especially if they're like super suck or hate you being gay or all, like, you know, we need to, make sure people know it's okay to think about yourself there's something really beautiful about unconditional genuine unconditional love that i don't know why i feel this and it's deep down and maybe it's just because i popped you out of my my v-town but like (laughs) but that's just what happens like that's beautiful popped you out of my v-town day (laughs) 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 my birthday's coming up and popped me out of my my v-town day is coming up for me um but and there's also something beautiful about we have no reason to like we could have never met like there's n- there's nothing we can separate and it would be f- like of finding and building that yourself uh, there's just such beautiful things about each different type that yeah yeah, yeah. uh the last one is zenia um it's not the last one sorry it's it's um i've got a couple more i got i have to switch i have to switch you lied that's fine i have to switch to the gay page for this one for the ones after this xenia is the uh is the greek love of hospitality it is the love that you show to a stranger um especially in the idea of hosting them um it's hospitality towards foreigners and guests um it was understood as a moral obligation that you had a a a moral commandment to take care yeah. of travelers strangers uh, yeah. foreigners yeah so and then and then of course we have talked about this on the show before but it's been a while and so we're gonna kind of go over it again but there's also uh pederastia which mm-hmm. means boy love mm-hmm. and it was the most common form of same-sex relationships between men in greece and uh, in a lot of languages, uh, love the Greek way is a euphemism for butt sex. <laughs> like, um, it, it, but uh, it, it was a in certain parts of ancient Greece was a relationship between an older man and an adolescent youth. I thought this was interesting. A boy was considered a boy until he was able to grow a full beard. So. I'm still a boy, Kyle. You have patches of manhood. <laughs> Scatter, you, you've sh- I think that's representative of your life. You've shown patches where I'm like, yeah, Mike's an adult. 
kind yeah sort of yeah <laughs> Um, the older man was called the Orestes, and he was to educate, protect, love, and provide a role model for his Eromenos, who is the younger, the boy, who um, was re- rewarding him uh, in beauty, youth, and promise. The, the, wow, that there's a lot of overlap in that in the younger guys episode that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, although in this, the um, the... 12 was the age that was like the sweet spot like um, there's the difference yes 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 to to love was the sweet spot yeah i I mean because um because it was like masculinization is when that time was over like it's Mm -hmm. not okay for like two full-grown dudes to bang each other or it was a different set of rules yeah but gay like, was like gay uh, greek it's not gay was totally accepted it's that this kind of relationship with was accepted right not like two old dudes fucking right and it, by the way when you're old in that age you're like 32 and you're like oh, i'm only <laughs> right. my last day in life i want to see the beyonce in the sky yeah, was beyonce i don't know maybe i'll meet her that's heaven for me god help us um uh, but to, to love a boy below the age of 12 was what it was considered inappropriate. Um, <laughs> Glad that's that stuck around. That's still true. And, still true. And, and, and traditionally, the relationship could continue until the boy had enough body hair or facial hair to be considered a man. Um, uh, this is super interesting and fucked up and worth like unpacking maybe in some other kind of, uh, episode. <laughs> but, but pederasty was not considered to be a homosexual act. Hmm. The quote-unquote man would be taking on a dominant role and his disciple would be taking on a passive one. And when intercourse occurred between two people of the same gender, it still was not entirely regarded as a homosexual one, given that one partner would have to take on a passive role and there would therefore no longer be considered a man in terms of the sex. So the bottom, because they bottom, they're a girl and therefore it's not gay. Yeah. And that's there's so much fucked up going on yeah 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 there. so much so that apparently in ancient spartan weddings in sparta the bride had her hair cut short and was dressed as a man and it has been suggested by scholar george Devereux that this was to make the husband's transition from homosexual to heterosexual <gasps> relationships easier wow we've been catering to straight dudes <laughs> for so long yep. everything is to make their lives a little easier Yep. Yep. No, that thing you just said is insane. And I, I, I need to acknowledge that instead of making my jokes. That's, I have never heard that before, and that is insane. Yeah, how do we make him be into ladies? I know, let's dress her up like a boy for a day. She unfortunately <laughs> has breasts, but her hair is, could look like a dude, like a little boy. Yeah. God, yeah. is that where bowl cuts started? Yes, probably. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Um, but that's, that's a little bit of the history of love and... and, and uh, Greek words for love, which I, again, just to come back to like my whole premise here is yeah. just that there, love is an overloaded term. There's yeah. all kinds of different kinds of love. Like I love you, but like in a, in a, in a platonic way, and I, like, gross, I, I love stop. my, I love my parents. I love my brothers, but like I, I, that's different than the love for your husband or the love for a pet or like there's yeah. the word love gets used a lot, but it's a bunch of different shit. Can we agree that the love for your pet is like the overlasting, <laughs> overarching, most genuine, important, sincere. There's something so innocent and honest about my love for my dog that no, no, no man <laughs> can 
<laughs> I love you too, Mike. I need Great. to be better at. I want to be better at saying that to my friends. And it's people. fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm emotionally stunted enough to not expect it. No, I, I do. I uh, that's that is very important to me. I, I as a closed off um, kind of shell of a human trying to open up, trying to like uh, expressing love to people is very difficult. I and and anyway, I love mm-hmm. you, Mike. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a study. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that I could a study about love. A love study. Okay. It was very interesting, just like looking up what kind of studies when you have like put in like gay and love in oh, put what in where is where. Fair. What kind of things do you get back? There are some things that talk about you know when they talk about love, like love in the time of AIDS. Like AIDS came up, and love as a like the when they talk about gay love, they talk about it's sex they're mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. which reminds me like researching understanding aids is super important the aids crisis like but so many of our studies like that and, and I, I forget there's once where i like you know from from certain times like that's all research did mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. all we studied so that was the only thing about gay people and what i thought i didn't think about is the like when you see love in a study before the 90s even probably after like it's about sex they're talking about sex yeah and like of course we as gay men don't it, it, that's what straight people think of us that's what we think of ourselves as those like there aren't studies about gay love like romantic love sure yeah and the fact that love means sex and I mean, anyway i thought that was super interesting so what i'm going to talk about is a study called the power of love the role of emotional what that's a song right uh, it is a song i still can't sing i'm still hungover. but do it anyway it's the power of love who is that Robert Palmer, something like that. You can do that. Research that. Why I read this long title: "The Role of Emotional Attributions and Standards in Heterosexuals' Attitudes Towards Lesbian and Gay Couples," published in the Social Forces Magazine Journal um, by in 2015 by Long Dong, Lisa R. Miller, and Annalise Lower. Long Dong. Boy, I knew that wouldn't slide <laughs> by without a comment. Yes, uh, Long Dong. It seemed to be the principal researcher. At least he was the one that uh, did kind of all the interviews that I read about this study. But did you figure out who was by? Huey Lewis. And the news. Don't play the theme song. (laughs) News. 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 Great. That's funny. That that's funny. That's 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 just good, clean fun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, initially it was like gross i'm gonna like read a uh, study about heterosexuals view of gay couples yeah. like but i think it's interesting and worth and worth discussing um so what they did i could not access the main article so i just like all the all the articles about this just said the same quotes so that made it very easy but like i, I didn't get into so what i know is is what kind of they said and, and the article said um they provided participants with a love story that featured a couple they did not state, but implied the gender, the mm-hmm. the orientation of the couple mm-hmm. by state by changing the names of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to imply some were heterosexual and others were homosexual. Hey, asterisk, big. This isn't the point, but like, there's some like interesting like trans issues, assumptions about like your name means this thing and your gender. There's some interesting things about bi erasure. Like, there there's a lot of interesting even in that approach to a study, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> understanding that is a limitation of and 
probably a realistic one. If you say like Michael and John loved each other, like uh, most just the average person will think they are a gay couple. Yeah. That, uh, you or know. a Star Trek character. I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I, okay honest, honestly, I thought Star Trek is, if what I've learned from Star Trek, Cameron fucking Diaz, like, yeah, yeah, like, mm-hmm. pe- like the trend to have like male name or not male, different gender names is like a very interesting fun thing. And it made sense that Michael was the name of it. Anyway, this is, we're going to have a Star Trek episode. Yeah, it's Can going I up. Tease that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that one. We're gonna have someone on to talk to you about it, so I can just chillax. Um, research this research study. Um, mm-hmm. The participants then ranked. This is a, a kind of easy summary. Like ranked the amount of love the partners had for one for one another based on what they heard from the story. Oh, this is interesting, right? Okay, so it's a, a scenario n- names and implied genders. How in love are they? Ra- mm-hmm. Rate them. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no surprise, uh, opposite sex couples, opposite gender couples were most perceived as most in love, followed by uh, female perceived same sex female couples and then same sex male couples. That was the order that they ranked people as in love. Quick aside, it's pretty fucking interesting when so many sitcoms are based on the idea of how much straight people hate each other. Okay, I knew <laughs> like, somewhere that, yes, 100% absolutely fucking ball and chains or like, she keeps talking and like, we haven't had sex in 15 years and we've only been married three. You're like, uh, like, that nag won't let me drink beer and watch the game. Yeah, I gotta go ask permission to, to go like, say hi to someone. I, you know, like, uh, yes, like mm. they're... Uh, it is insane that straight people then believe that straight people are most in love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight people, you should know that you're not, you should know more than anyone that you're a gay couple is like, man, they had to work 10 times harder to be in love than you. And so that love is more real. I'm sort of reminded when my brother told me that he wished that he could be gay because he thinks it sounds awesome to be in love with somebody you can play video games with. <laughs> Didn't he say like wear under? Yeah, like, in your underwear. underwear and play video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it is, and it's, he's right. He's it's very right. good. It's a lot of fun. I feel so sorry for straight people. Yeah, you can like be playing a game and like you start blowing, then like you keep, and then you keep playing, and you're like, you know, it's just so much fun. Um. Also, I think it's interesting that. It did like a note that female couples hmm. like gay men were the least likely to be perceived as in love. And I think there is something to um, my personal belief. I'm sure I said it before. Like, I think it is harder for lesbian or female couples to be taken seriously because everyone's like, oh, yeah, women, look, they kiss like everything's like. But what does a man think about this? Like, oh yeah, they look, they they kiss, but that's fine. They just they're curious or whatever. So like, is dip more difficult? It's both more accepted. People are like fine with lesbians because they think it's kind of hot, and then, but it's more difficult to convince them that they are genuinely like, no, I'm defo lesbian or yeah. like def we're defo together. But like, we can see women. We think women are more capable of love or something than yeah. two men like i think people see that as difficult to believe is that i mean that's just the gender that men are dead inside yep they only want to fuck and can only think with their dick yeah yep, yep, okay. yep. and just because it's true for me <laughs> um and this is the most terrifying part participants noted that couples who were believed to be most in love deserved more rights than others so they were asked about various kinds of 
Go ahead. Yeah, your yeah, no. Okay. What's your face? Your face? No, please. <laughs> my, my my face was like, oh, I, yeah. This is this is some horse shit. Here it comes. <laughs> so they, they they looked at it from a couple uh, a few different ways, and this is where I like wish I had the like article to get into some of the, or whatever. But there was like, you know, the formal rights that we grant um, through like our laws and shit, like partnerships and whatever. There's there's marriage, which you know a little bit different than the the legal rights that we grant. And there's informal, I think they call them informal privileges, which are things like just holding hands. Like mm. there are certain different things. And I think if I remember correctly, it was like they were more likely to believe they deserved legal, like some of those legal rights versus other kind of rights. Um, and the, yeah, the, this, uh, this even more so I think is where the like, but straight people fucking hate each other in 90 mm-hmm. sitcoms um, of like, do you really believe that the amount of love people have for each other is like, then, then no straight person actually deserves <laughs> to be married or have legal rights. Ba- again, based on these 90s sitcoms things are like you two fucking hate each other. Like yeah. you do not like, you do not deserve any rights for being in your dumb, stupid marriage that you're stuck in where you d- dislike each other actively, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so that, yeah, I think my assumption is that people, can most relate to people that are like themselves and when straight people see other straight people they can imagine them being in love and if you see someone again pick any kind of you know it's different than me person of color a disability being queer like pick anything and it's harder to relate to that person and harder to imagine that person being in love so i think there's something understandable and natural about it and also people's belief that like i do I don't care why you get married or mm. why you legally get rights. Like you can, you can, I, I just don't like, it's so interesting that people believe that how much love you feel should determine how many rights you get. Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. Or, or like that, the, there's a, there's a measurable quantity there. Like there's a love, yes. a loveometer yes. that could like, yes. you know, <laughs> it's like the sorting hat in Harry Potter that just says like, <laughs> how much, how much love you got and, and and what do you what do you decide? Hugglepuffs love the most, right? right Wait, yes. is that a house or a it Pokemon? It absolutely <laughs> is now. <laughs> okay. Um I I will later talk about more things about that are not about straight people that are about queer people, but that's my this thing. Is Jigglypuff the favorite Pokemon of Chubby Chasers? <laughs> My dad's favorite uh, Pokemon is Snorlax. <laughs> I respect that. Great. Oh man. Um. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, you probably already know them. The five love languages. Do you know what the five love languages are? Yes. There's okay. um. There's uh. Anal. <laughs> there's French. <laughs> there's not responding to text. No, I what? I don't what. There's anal. There's French. There's French anal. There's, <laughs> there's alpha dudes with backwards hats. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the five love languages is uh, is a 1992 book by Gary Chapman, and talks about the way that romantic partners express and experience love. And those love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, giving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Service my dick. Right. Well, I mean, there's a there's kind of a dom a sub language. potential yeah. there. Um, it's a love language. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so so words of affirmation, giving giving compliments, mm-hmm. y- using your word your word mouth mm-hmm. with with your face words. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's demonstrated very effectively by you. Yeah, I'm a professional, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quality time, so like spending time together, but that is focused on each other. God, in one my last relationship, when I I just wanted to sit down and talk instead of like. I really want you to put down Instagram right now mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. look at, and he could not understand that. Like I wanted him to turn off his phone and place it down and then talk to me. Like, yeah. that, that was very difficult for him. Yeah. And there's a whole generation for whom that's really difficult. <laughs> he I was think, about but, my age. So yeah. this is not, I, it's interesting that I, yeah, that did come up on the younger guys thing, but that's, was not about that. Uh, giving gifts. Mm-hmm. So, so exchanging semen, physical tokens of blowjobs. <laughs> okay. Um, acts, birds that you bring home what? <laughs> acts of service doing stuff for each other like the dishes or yeah. making the bed or whatever and then physical touch like like touching each other so that then the, here comes the question everybody's into all of those in some context or another and there is a tendency for some of those to be more important than others. What's your own personal yeah, set? I, th- um, I, I, to me, quality time is really important and not just romantic, but also friendship. Like the, uh, you know, people enjoy the group things and, and lots of people, but I almost discount it or like, uh, but I'm like, but I didn't actually get to hang out with anyone. Like if I'm with a certain like size of group, yeah, I'm like, but I didn't actually spend time with them. Like, I, I mean, I literally did, but so quality time and actually being able to like sit down and talk to people. I think that's a lot of things like having social anxiety and being an introvert and not opening up to people like that one-on-one time mm-hmm. uh, that makes it more important. So that's important to me. I think, um, it's, I don't know. Maybe both like words of affirmation and gifts, like something that like I thought of you means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, words of affirmation are one of those things that like make me very uncomfortable, but like uh, are useful. I like mm-hmm. learning to receive those and having someone who cares enough to like affirm and support and remind me that I'm not like a terrible, shitty, despicable person like oh. that, like is a good, like it counters my internal narrative. So that's important to me. Okay. I, I would, I would imagine that would make you really uncomfortable. So yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's also this phenomenon that we tend to project our own preferences mm-hmm. for the love languages onto the person that we're with. And part of this whole experience is supposed to say, Figure out what your love languages are so that you can communicate to your person. These are the things that are important to me so that Mm -hmm. hopefully they will then give those things to you. Yeah. But also just because it might mean a lot to you doesn't mean it means a lot to them. You need to figure out your partner's love languages and prioritize what you do for them based on their preferences, not your own. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, but it also goes both ways of if you learn what your partner does that shows you, you love them. I, I was just reading this thing on Reddit. It was like probably straight people, stupid straight people. Um, <laughs> but like every morning, some dude like recorded a voice message to his partner. And she was like, this is, I can't hear it or whatever. And then she like asked him about it. And he was like, I take the bus. So I'm not on the subway so I can voice 
talked like I, I you like she learned how much he thought through this and how much it meant to him to to share that with her and learning about that made that mean so much more so even if it's not their love language it's like a little bit mutual like you don't just like oh 100 percent default to what you do it's also like hey here's what i do to show love and just and and just so you know when i do these things these are me showing affection so yeah yeah i get that i get that you can learn you can learn to appreciate the gesture whether it's what you would default to or not. Yeah. Right? Understanding yeah. the intention might bring more value to it that you didn't realize. Like when I sweep up for you, it's because, you know, I've seen that this happens or what, or whatever. And learning the meaning behind that means then you come home and, and things are swept up and you're like, he just thought about me and, and, and cared about me and, and put time and effort into loving me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting in retrospect, um, looking at my marriage to Trevor, how we were very mismatched in this area, hmm. in in this in this um, paradigm. Where um, what what are yours, and how did that play into you and Trevor? My number one, giving and receiving. Um, nice <laughs> is yeah. I'm I'm very versed when it comes to, <laughs> to <laughs> your verse love. Tom. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is is physical touch? Like my go to is to touch somebody as a as to to show them my affection. And no, don't you fucking touch me, Kyle. <laughs> You're too far. Keep, keep your hands away from me. I'm showing affection uh, okay, in the okay, way you... Describing your wrist uncomfortably help. Yeah. Okay, it's, Do you feel it? That was an okay touch. <laughs> <laughs> Show me on the doll where the Kyle touched you. Um, uh, oh, God. You that just was, touch your heart. Yeah. Remember we were in the hot tub with Davey Wavy at the sex hotel and you put your goddamn feet on me? That was so fun because I was... Was I naked? Yes. Or did I just have a jock strap? I don't know. Uh, your, either way... Your shorts bubbled up to the top of the, of the hot tub like some kind of fucked up that, stew vegetable. Okay. And then you put your feet on me. That first part didn't happen. The second part... It, but it was very funny to me. So that's what matters most. And I was just showing you I loved you, Mike. Why Your, tu- your touch. You like touch. You love... Mike loves touch. Great. Everyone touch Mike every time you see him. Ooh. Oh, okay. oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Um, touch is very important yeah, to you. Yeah. And um, I, I think that for one one reason or another, I, don't, I, I never really quite picked it all apart. I, I think that touch was difficult for him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that he, he, um, he like tolerated it from me, but for the most part did not like to be touched. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, that was an obstacle, but even, even more importantly, I think because he was wired that way, he was w- reluctant to engage in touch with me. Like mm. I, I felt, I felt very much and resented the fact that if we were going to be physically touching each other, I had to engage in that and only in certain ways and in certain contexts, because that's the only way that it would be well received by him. Yeah. Um, conversely go ahead oh i i've i've said this but it's been a long time i had one of my first boyfriends um i said i i learned multiple things at first i was like oh like i said don't you do cannot touch my stomach because i feel so uncomfortable about my physical appearance jay-z yep this is Mm jay-z i said uh, and it was like one of these like multi-level realizations at first i was like oh i get to decide what feels good and bad and i get to say that so like there's something it sounds it is like there's something like shitty to the like I feel so uncomfortable with my body that I don't like that that makes me very uncomfortable but there's also something nice about me realizing like oh I don't like that and communicating that to a person and then he was like 
I think tried to respect that, but also communicate to me, but like, but I like doing that. And like, I'm sad now that I don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I don't get to touch you there. And so like learning that he actually loved my body the way it was back then. I was, that's not part of the same. This is all part of the same issue. But like, anyway, like he liked my body the way it is and wanted to touch me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, like, you know, I, I realized that and eventually like accepted that, that piece. But I, but I understand the, the touch can be uncomfortable for, I mean, it was for me. It still is for me. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, I think that's understandable. Yeah. I, I also like, I, I also think that's, sad or tragic but some of that is me projecting because it's so awesome for me like it's, it's so much what i know what i want there's definitely something sad about it yeah. it's like finding someone that you love unconditionally no matter what means letting them like literally letting them touch any part of your body it is like that's a part where like sex sexuality like that piece is like there's such an intimate part of like you are you are literally able to touch any part of me mm-hmm. like that that's yeah. there's something very beautiful there and to not allow that is a wall that you're putting up that's yeah. very metaphorical and we have we have a personal space bubble yeah. and like tacitly letting somebody violate that bubble whenever yeah. because you love them like, it's like yeah. there's a, there's a there's a there's a thing that's happening there yeah. and i should also like I very much understand, like, no, you, you, like, being in a relationship does not mean you get to touch each other whenever, you like, yeah. whatever you want, where, wherever you want. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Yep. So, just need to put that, like, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Continue. Uh, c- conversely, I, I think that that for for him, uh, Trevor, uh, acts of service were very high on his list, both in terms of giving and receiving. Like, he hmm. he very much would like do the dishes, clean up the kitchen do a lot of laundry like would he yeah well yeah <laughs> okay um or, or uh he he really he loved making me breakfast and and, and said so in fact oh this is sad Ooh, okay didn't expect to have a moment about this uh he cooked me breakfast the day he left and that was like part of oh the thing oh that was hard to say oh good thing therapy's tomorrow <laughs> okay um okay but it, i don't want to skip over that like what yeah. did that mean to you is that was oh. that good or bad or like what I mean, it was super painful at the time and clearly a little bit now. I, I think it was, uh, um, it was almost like an apology. Like it was a, I still care about you kind of a moment. Um, the, the only way that he knew how, I think. Um, yeah. I also underappreciated it. Like in retrospect, not the breakfast on the day he left thing, but like the, his acts of service I didn't realize how much he was saying that he cared about me mm-hmm. because that's not how I am wired or receive it. Like I, mm-hmm. and I would, I would take it for granted. Like the, the mm-hmm. things that he would do would sometimes not even register. And mm-hmm. that's gotta be pretty fucking terrible for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's interesting because my initial, like, and I, I definitely do this too. So this is like not a judgment. This is part, like on me as well of like doing things for other people is a very indirect way. Like there's something, direct about touch or words of affirmation sure. that an act of service is not it's a little bit indirect or it can be i guess or more likely to be here something mm. of like i'm doing this thing that's not about saying i love you that says i love you like there's something indirect about that that can make it easier for people like me who are like closed off or may or more difficult to, to say that too so uh, maybe makes sense it's it's less if you're used to 
maybe having a mom who says literally everything she's thinking so you never even have to think about it and act hypothetically <laughs> an act of service is not an act of service it's like you just did this thing like not realizing like oh i'm going to indirectly express this to you like your mom i don't think has an indirect bone in her body like <laughs> if she could like she would not be as interesting or as fun like but so uh, yeah that, that makes sense that that's like you weren't re- wired to receive yeah. indirect service as love yeah. in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I also think that had we been able to like, I don't know, recognize that and talk about it and use our words better that maybe, maybe we could have reached a, at least more functional ground together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's interesting how it works. Yeah. Um, I don't want to move on too quickly, like off of personal stuff. We can still talk about that. You yeah. haven't like seen a tear quite yet, and I feel like I could really jab the knife was, in and get it. It was pretty close. Um, <laughs> it was pretty close, but you failed. Damn um, it! <laughs> uh, I, I I also uh, okay. Well, I, I will say this, and not to, like I I do think that the idea that what you're showing is a representation of you two cared about each other, yeah, for sure, and loved each other, whatever definition you want to use for that love in whatever way, and breaking up maybe because it's the best thing for both of you or one of you can't do that right now or whatever. And I think making breakfast for you, I think that's, that's a great way to represent that. Like I care about you and this is not a, I hate you. You fucked up. You suck or whatever. It's a, we care and we are not together right now. And that's something I don't think we necessarily explore the nuances of as much even with straight people much less like the complexities of of gay relationships so i i I think that's an interesting moment to yeah well in in the in the mourning process right like a couple of the stages are are anger and 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 bargaining and i think it's a little combination of both of those things you go through this phase of like well he must have never fucking loved me at all it was all fake it was all bullshit how did i get so why was i so stupid (laughs) and um but that's that's not true. Yeah. Like we we clearly cared about each other, and, and that so much of that relationship was absolutely real and true and beautiful, and it just it just wasn't enough, I guess, yeah. and that's okay. Or it it could have been enough and at the wrong time, yeah. or enough and you you didn't clearly you didn't have the language to communicate these love languages with each other. So mm-hmm. like you, the point of through all of that, you learned now to do that, and that can be something you bring into and you know like there's yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something we see in mostly like in media, but also like with straight people is we broke up, man, what a bitch. She was always crazy <laughs> like that, like that kind of shit. And I think a lot of people wanted to do that to my exes or even mm. people I dated where they thought the other person was in the wrong. And I never, I don't think any of my exes are bad people. Yeah. We, we loved each other. We were together for a certain amount of time and yeah, and that that was real and they're not a horrible person and even if they fucked up or no matter what like to all of a sudden turn 180 and be like go from love to you were a shitty terrible person is like yeah uh, wow like then yep. i don't know they they're that's just not real or like that's not it sort of makes it easier to let them go. Yeah. It's, but yeah. that's also not supposed to be easy or making it easy is worse. Like it'll fuck you up long term. It's a defense mechanism Absolutely. to try to. Yeah, for sure. Also, I had my concerns about your exes, but I don't think any of them were bad people at all. The so, um, like, Yeah. I, I, I hear the like, are they right for me? Are they, you know, like all, all that shit. But it's like the reason we broke up 
many times it's because they did something shitty or there was a shitty thing that happened but I don't think that makes them a bad person. I don't think it means that I should be with them. And, but like, uh, and I think that's my kind of view of, of most people except Donald Trump is like, there's something good in you. <laughs> like yeah. there's some set, no matter what you do, you can be horrible. And I like, and I think there's good in almost everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's way down deep in there. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Sometimes you got to probe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You said your okay acts of service. Is, I think we've gotten through one of your love language. Oh, touch acts of service were what Trevor did. Yeah. What other? What are your other gifts? I am I hard to give gifts to? I don't think so. Okay. Do I give you? I don't think I give people gifts anymore. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know. I mean, we have Secret Santa. That's like a that's op- opportunity or whatever. I I don't. Well, okay. First, I like I'm the type of person that like some of it is very much privilege and I recognize mm-hmm. that. And like the things that I want in my life, I purchase and have. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's like difficult maybe to anyway, I think I'm good at gift giving. I, I think, think the last thing I gave you was the daddy t-shirt. Yeah. Changed my life, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you that daddy t-shirt and so many boys to follow you. <laughs> so many. <laughs> <laughs> is it that is that in your profile now in your yeah. uh coming soon at makeover yep. episode to hear to hear mike's updates but yep. that's not this episode um it, uh it, it, trevor was was extraordinarily good at giving gifts mm. and i always felt like i w- uh, was just not as good at it mm. so it was another it was another sort of mismatch like mm. like to him here's a thing that i got for you or whatever was uh one way that he showed me affection and it just didn't register. I think the way that he wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And then I think he also wanted that from me more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, and what's the one, what's the one that we have in a oh, quality time. We were real good at that. <laughs> we were like, we spent a lot of time together and it was always pretty great. Was it always quality? I, I felt like there was a point where you thought maybe you were spending too much, like you needed other things or your, I don't know, quality, there, that seems like you're right could mean a million things but is not always just time <laughs> you're right you're right and i think that that is a like any relationship of sufficient length mm-hmm. is going to end up the, the quality of quality time gets <laughs> dialed down just because of complacency and comfort and mm-hmm. rut mm-hmm. syndrome mm-hmm. and so yeah god after my first relationship um yeah jay-z it was like we spent so much time together and I was like, afterwards, I, I remember that was part of like hanging out with you and Trevor after that was like, Oh God, I didn't keep up with any of my friendships. Mm. I don't like, I just it like realizing like that was putting a hundred percent of my time and effort or mm. mental or becoming complacent with, not just our relationship or with life of like, Oh, well, I have someone I can hang out being an introvert. Like I don't need to seek out, too many interactions but when you're single you like you know i'll if i don't hang out with someone for two weeks and yeah. just work like i'm gonna feel it whereas in a relationship i might not feel that same you know drive to make sure i maintain friendships and i think i didn't re- i didn't realize that the first time around and uh-huh. kind of let that um let that be my social interaction i'm sure it felt like that and when I, I mean, and it's been a long time ago now, but when I think back to that time, like the four of us hung out on like on occasion and 
I, um, but rare, I feel like we hang hung out like a few times, and like oh. not that much, but I don't know. Well, um, I don't know. Our relationship survived it, so like great. That's true. I'm perfect. We outlasted them all. Yes. (laughs) Suck it, please. No, please. Please suck it. Actually, yeah. What? We knew each other before I ever met Trevor. Mm -hmm. And you're still here. Ha! (laughs) I win. You win. (laughs) Um, Okay. We'll close this section on the five love languages by um, hopefully not too quickly because I do want to like talk about it but uh that dude that wrote that book is is a hardcore christian homophobe <gasps> and so we just like we can have the conversation about like is it okay to use his work mm. on a gay podcast for the last 15 20 minutes like we have <laughs> um or, or like can you separate the work from the person or whatever but yeah uh his name is gary chapman and uh the book came out in 1992 but uh since then uh so so his website has a Q&A section and this person says, question, my son has recently told us that he is gay. I'm having a very hard time dealing with it. How can I help him with this and still show love? Oh boy. His answer, disappointment is a common emotion when a parent <laughs> hears one of their children indicate that he or she is gay. I agree. I agree. I think, yes. Men and women are made for each other. Oh, it is God's oh. design. <laughs> Anything other than that is outside of that primary design of God. Now, I'm not going to try to explain all the ins and outs of homosexuality, but what I will say is I would is love this. to hear him fucking... Tr- I would love to hear him try, honestly. Okay. But what I will say is this. We love our children no matter what. Express your disappointment and or your lack of understanding, but make it clear that you love them and that you will continue to love them no matter what. I would also encourage you to ask your child to do some serious reading and or talk to a counselor to try to understand him or herself better while continuing to affirm your love. God, like half of that is good advice. <laughs> Except to like go get them counseling. Which no, is co- they should probably should get counseling for a reason different than you think. Yeah, right, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that would be helpful to have a counselor to help you through that shit. That's true. I wonder, we should start a conversion therapy office practice. Just to like fake people out and let us talk to their gay kids and like not convert them. No, we like, would we would use all the same language and say we are going to convert <laughs> them into someone that God loves and someone that can be their whole self. And what we mean is we are converting them into someone who loves themselves and isn't <laughs> shitty. But they don't like you can say a lot of the same things and it sounds like you're going to make them straight again. And they just don't realize if if you say certain things like, hey, you should get a counselor and do a lot of reading. That's a very good advice. I'm if, pro reading, Kyle. I'm pro reading, <laughs> pro counselors. <laughs> like a lot of that's actually could be very helpful to someone coming out. Yeah, it's true. separating like the the work that like I think clearly that the what he came up with this paradigm is interesting enough that it resulted in a conversation and exploration of our relationships, which is useful. Also, now we know not to go to his website, buy his book, like do anything that like financially supports him. Yeah. There is, there's a site called scarymommy.com and uh, it was actually, I didn't go directly to his website. There's mm. an article on that site that did this, this analysis oh. is written by uh, uh, Kristen May last year. It was March, March of 2021. And she says that uh, her recommendation is instead of supporting Gary Chapman and his website and his book, 
that people follow the teachings of doctors John and Julie Gottman. Quote, the Gottmans use similar concepts of simply paying attention to the kids of the kinds of gestures that are most meaningful to your partner and demonstrating your love accordingly. However, they note that a person's primary love language likely is not fixed, is often context specific. Sometimes words of affirmation are most important, and sometimes a thoughtful gift is more appreciated than anything else. They also point out that some of Chapman's singular languages, like quality time, are critical ingredients in every relationship. Mm. Um, but but uh, she, she recommends Drs. John and Julie Gottman as having uh, similar teachings, similar thoughts, similar health, but also they are allies and, and um, are, are um, n- not uh, Christian homophobe dickbags. Mm. Um, I signed Jay Z and us, mm-hmm. Jay Z and me, up for a Gottman Institute seminar Ooh, thing. Yeah. How was it? We broke up before that, oh. and so when I called to cancel, they said, "Are you sure?" Sometimes people get back together, and I had to think about it and be like, "No, he called a dude to like come over and like he sexed with other people and did all this." Like, no. Nah. No, no, thanks. You can no, definitely cancel that. <laughs> I didn't go because we didn't make it there. Oh, well. Was that Taylor Swift song around yet? What? We didn't make it to the Institute because you didn't love me enough? Right. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> Taylor's so version. So catchy. Wait, what? <laughs> what? We are never, ever, ever getting oh. back together. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, I, we just said the same titles, I think. <laughs> what do you got, Kyle? Okay, I... So my last thing I talked about how straight people see us determines how many rights we have, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) Um, sure. Being the majority. (laughs) Actually, that's kind of true. Um, Now I'm going to talk about queer love and what straight people need to learn from us. Yeah. Sit down and learn some shit, straight people. Yeah. Sit on a dick and learn from us. Wait. (laughs) Hot straight dudes. Um, Wait. Uh, No. Oh, that's not it. Um, (laughs) And she's going to watch. She's going to watch or maybe leave and go get a snack because she's unimportant to this. No. Okay. We got off track already. Okay. I just wrote down things that I think that queer love can uh, and should help other people learn from us. And I think there's like part of the last study is realizing that we model a lot of our norms after what straight people think we should be or what is acceptable. And I, Oh, I did. I didn't even read this. Like there's like the lead researcher was like being in love in the way that straight people think you should be like, there's value to that. And I wish he like, I wish I I think he was just trying to bring like from this study, I learned that, but that's a shitty thing to say. Mm. And mm. might be true that if we love each other in a way that makes straight people comfortable and they think we're in love right, they mm-hmm. will give us more rights. Yeah. So, like, that's probably unfortunately true. And also, very much like, boy, you need, you know, there's there's so much that tra- ties into gay history of, like, assimilating to straight culture and being acceptable and being okay. And, you know, it's like, right. wh- yeah. wh- wait, yeah. why don't we turn over to the, okay, hey, straight people, here's what you need to fucking do to learn how what l- real love is because it's not yeah. what you think it is. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. I wrote down some, but w- very much open to you adding or disagreeing or whatever you want to do. Okay. Great. Do what you normally do as a host Great. of this podcast, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Um, Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Miley Cyrus. She's queer. Um, you'll find him when you're not looking. I think is a straight love tip that people give that I fucking hate. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that what we learn being gay is that 
there's so many steps you have to take to accept yourself and even come out yeah. much less than find the small percentage of people who are also either gay or bi or, or open to being in love with another dude that like, I think we know that like, it's not just going to happen. There's yeah. a lot of work you got to do both on yourself and to try to date Yeah, that we just don't have that luxury of like, Oh, we'll just happen to meet this other straight person that also is single like we don't have that luxury to just wait and see if it happens as much as i've been bitching about how much i hate dating and hate first dates you're making me realize that there's a way to reframe that that just like sitting down and having a date with somebody is a fucking miracle (laughs) like there's i have a, a lot to be proud of and thankful for that like i even got to there so yeah i wish it would happen more often and that it was easier but like a first date is magic in yeah. a way for gay people Yeah, that you made it through all of those hurdles to arrive at an actual physical life human being yeah. to, uh, that's available and eligible sitting across the table from you. That's interesting. And uh, one of those things, unfortunately, is you live in a country where you're allowed to sit down in a public place together and be very obviously on a date. Like yeah. even that's not a given when we're lucky enough to be in a place where like that's kind of, you know, that's most that's legally acceptable. And at least on the coasts, you're not going to. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> for now. For now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, something else that I wrote later that I think is relevant is like, I think it's a numbers game. I think mm. that too many people think it's magic and you'll find it. And you know, like even if you go on dates, it's like, Oh, but like wait for this beautiful moment. And I'm like, you go on those dates, you go on bunches of dates and, and a small percent you'll want to go on a second and a smaller percent you'll want it. Like, I, I think it's so stupid the way we view it as like, you'll feel it and it'll be there and you'll, you'll find your one like yeah. and all that. I, I think like Disney rom-com horseshit. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, yes, this is also commending you on going on that first date. You're going to have to go on a bunch of them. And, and it's like, the more you go on, the more you're meeting people, the more you're learning what, what signs tell you if like what things are important to, to figure out on that first date and what signs tell you that you'll be interested. And like, and commending yourself on going on a failed quote unquote failed first date is like, it is very like good, like good for you for doing that and getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. Something I said in that whole horseshit is one true love. Like I think what, go ahead. Utter horseshit. One true love is utter horseshit. Okay. Why? Because I think there are a couple different reasons that queer people can teach, teach everyone that that's dumb, but because, uh, if that were true and it were the goal, the human race would end. There are 7 <laughs> billion people on this planet. I guarantee that there is not just one person. Yeah. Like, you don't understand math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... If that were true, like, we'd really need to set up this connected network to help people. Like, <laughs> we, like we got to get way more, like, global than we are in love. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't believe in soulmates, and that's like an important kind. Of, like that's a, a very important, and maybe the the part of this of like I think you can love someone just to try to like put you could love someone at a nine point three and a nine point seven, and both of those like who knows maybe one person would have been a little bit more right for you. Like there's not a right person, or like if you're in love with a person, like 
that's great. Like, yep. you know, like to, to try to figure out like, but is this the perfect love or the right love or my love or that? Like, I think of it all as a big Venn diagram with a fuckload of circles, but like where they all come together is always more than one person. Mm. Like there's absolutely no way that whatever your constellation of things that makes a Venn diagram of potential candidates for you to be with there's more than one person in that overlap. I, I think about it and I think these can be combined of like, if we just put it on a scale of one to 10, your love for someone yeah. falling on that scale. And maybe there's a certain, you know, eight and above is something like this is worthy of a relationship, that, you know, at least investing months in or whatever. And I, I imagine those like, you know, maybe for me, it's an eight plus that goes in that overlap that like, these are the people yeah. that I think there's potential for us. And those are worth exploring and investing your time and effort in. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a lyric from rent. I'm looking for baggage that goes with mine. Mm. Like, like you're not going to find the person that has, that is flawless. You just want somebody that's your, your bullshit compliments their bullshit and vice versa or something. Yeah. You know? God, one of the like horrible things about getting older and trying to date is like trying to figure out like w- what happened to you that you're this age and dating I yeah. feel like is a game that like you kind of implicitly play. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I like to think I'm above it, but I'm probably not. Or yeah. like just trying to like, I know that there's a, like, why am I this age and still dating? Like, I think there's a lot of reasonable explanations that I judge myself for, but I like try to like, like, okay, I get why I'm this age and, and not in a relationship. And there are very reasonable explanations for other people too. But I, they're like, I, I went on a date where a guy actually said like, oh, I just wonder what's wrong with you that you haven't like, that you're not in a relationship oh my God. yet. I hate, why are you single? Mm. People think they're being complimentary, mm. I think, but they're, they're implicitly saying, you're too good to be true. Show me where your what fucked upness fuck, is. Show like, me your baggage. What the <laughs> fuck is? I wanted to be like. I'm very depressed. Like I like that's something. At some point, I'm going to tell you. It's not right now. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the answer right yeah. now. Yeah. Like you're going to make an emoji face when I say this, and I just come right out and I'm like, look, I have two ex spouses. No. Like they just like fucking say it. Like that's my baggage. I'd say mine is pretty great compared to a lot of other people. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I yeah I and. And I very much understand that, like, I'm going to say this. And if you decide you don't want to be into me or you don't want to explore that, like, I just know now. Now I know you're lost. Now I don't have to waste my time with you. If that's mm-hmm. your kind of deal breaker, then, like, cool. Mm-hmm. The other uh, the other <laughs> kind of interpretation, though, of your one true love is multi-amory. I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. open relationships multi-amory including like polyamory or, 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 or open relationships there are a million different kind of interpretations I, th- I think so many straight people think of marriage and in turn love as you are with one person and that person for the rest of your life and there are you know a bunch of things inherent in this again back to 90 sitcoms of a dude looks at another woman's ass and he gets in trouble and is on the couch yeah. or like yeah. that the idea that you like that one is everything to you and the only person you will ever find attractive. Suddenly you get married and now no one else is attractive. Like yeah. there's just so many fake, weird, dumb things. And I will say expectations of men that, 
or, or I, I don't know, or maybe it's even expectations like women. If he looks at some other chick's ass, that means he's cheating on you or that, you know, I, so I guess expectations of, of both genders, but like all of this is, is the, the kind of punchline is we have to break social norms already. So we get to reimagine and, and kind of understand what queer love or what love means in our own way. And I think there's something very difficult about that. Mm. And also like very fulfilling because you don't have to stick with some of those norms. Yeah. 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 I used to say this to Trevor all the time. I would rather you look window shop, look at the whole world and then, and then still choose me. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want you to choose me because I'm the only option because Mm -hmm. the rest have been eliminated by some arbitrary bullshit rule. Yeah. 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 Look around and still be into me. I think that's better, but I, I love that too. Yeah. Like there's something, yeah. Like I, I, I'll sort of down like marriage. Like there's so much crazy and fucked up about the institution of marriage. All of a sudden we get married and now like, that that says we're in it forever and you're the only one like there's something like if you look around and continue to pick me all the time that's that's great and it's yeah. not one day that you did that yeah there's also like which makes it weird i always thought bachelor parties were weird in the way that straight people did them like yeah. you know it's our like, bachelor party was weird you were there that's but in a different way <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> in it like i feel like the things i've seen in like tv shows is like oh you can sleep with a stripper that day because it's the day before you committed. So right. technically you're like, right. the yeah. point is, oh, while I'm still single, quote, like that's what they say. Like while I'm still single. Before she ties me down and ruins my life. Yes. I'm going to go do some shit. So like, now, like now you're allowed. And it's like, wow, was it, is that day really the like, oh, now everything. Now I can't fuck other people. And now this is out of bounds for our relationship. And yeah. I was single before and now I'm married. And those are the two steps of a like, yeah. there's so much like that doesn't make sense about straight people weddings and their no, and their customs. I think straight people think wedding cake is magic. But like, but <laughs> okay, like, well, they have a point there. I, I, not to defend straight people. <laughs> that like... It it chemically changes the insides <laughs> of the of the people getting married. You and, feed it to them, and that's like <laughs> it's your fork has the your like saliva or something on it that then poisons them for other people. Yep. I always like the idea that proposing to someone is a surprise, or like oh, you don't know their answer. Like that horrible. is insane, right? Yeah, horrible. But also, I mean, I think. Far le- a lot of these things I think are changing and far less common among e- like even straight people. But like that used to be the thing. Like you'd propose and not know her answer. Yeah. Which is like, God, did you, do you not know if she actually wants to do this? Do you like, are you not sure you're, is this the like, Hey, do you want to like totally hang out for like a very, very long time together? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first time you're doing this? Like yeah. that's dumb. It's like Ellen Ledden uh, proposed to Betty White like three times before she said yes. Really? Yeah. Which means, Betty White said no <laughs> more than once. <laughs> and some, uh, maybe there's something good about like in those times, like a dude getting rejected and staying with her of like, I don't know, maybe that's a, a positive hmm? masculinity for those times of like, that's not a ultimate affront. And he has to whatever. Yeah, that's true. He didn't just straight up murder her. I so. what, man, part of it is like, so I saw some tweet that was like, you know, a dude talking about like going on a first date and he was like, you know, I need to go on more, more for states. What's the worst that could happen? It doesn't go well or it's awkward and I leave. And then his female friend replied, 
the worst that happens to me is I get murdered. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and that's when I realized the difference. That's when, that's when it clicked. Yeah. Which is, I think is very fair. Yep. Um, what else? Uh, um, the, the kind of steps in the process of like, you get married, you have kids. Like, I think we've had to reimagine that. We've mm-hmm. had to reimagine the, the gender roles. Cause we're, we're, we're both dudes. So like, who's going to clean if, if yeah. a woman cleans like, boy, our place can be super dirty if we stick by that. Yeah. Like Joseph Peters, Matthews and Brandon and, and like who's taking care of the kid. Well, we, we both are. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, instead of she should cook and clean and he should make money. Like what I think there's like such all of this is like, boy, it's so liberating to be like, what do I like doing? If I love cooking and you love working and making money, boy, who cares what gender it is? Do right. what you love. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the person kind of honestly going back to some of the different forms of love you described, this person being your everything mm. is like, there are lots of different kinds of love. Mm. They don't have to be your best friend. You can have a best friend that is your platonic best friend. You can have your friends that you go out and play tag football sure. with. Great. And you love that. And you like there are there are lots of different roles different people can play in your lives, and your spouse does not have to be the everything. Or I would I would make that a stronger statement. Should not be. Yeah. 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 Should not be your everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the the like kind of ultimate final uh, rule I have is if it's consensual and makes you happy, fuck society. I think that's what straight people can learn from us. I keep saying straight as a I more and more realizing like straight could include trans people could include a lot of things. Anyway, <clears throat> non queer people, if it's consensual and makes you happy, normies, fuck. normies, <laughs> borbors. Yeah, <laughs> I like that borbors. Yeah. <sighs> well, great. Did we do it? Yeah, um, on the Patreon episode, what what do you want to talk about there? We have, I mean, I have like so much more to say about love that yeah. that cannot be contained. In, I mean, in this tweet, lucky lucky for us, it's our show. We can do. What we want. Oh boy, okay. Here's my thirty minute reading. <laughs> can, no, I don't know. We, we can do. We can do love part two, love part three. <gasps> we can do whatever we want, Kyle. That's true. We're masters of our own domain. Gayspodcast <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, during the Patreon segment, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the love letters written between Oscar Wilde and his 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 baby boy. Um, oh, uh, oh mm, hmm? not defined baby boy, maybe adult human. That adult, he's... adult, okay, adult, okay, adult human, adult okay. human. Great, 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 great. Yeah, let's just be very clear about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited about that. I lo- I love the the love letters that you brought to uh, hang, and I I. Yeah, and at least one of them that we talked about was one that I read on Have a Nice Gay, but I figured maybe not everybody heard that, and yeah. like it's still interesting. So, and, and boy, I, I yeah, I really enjoy these. Um, yeah, I think that's all we need to do for now. Okay, you want to take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. I love you. Oh, I was talking to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Are we back? <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're going to show you love. Oh, Robin, show me love. Oh, show God. me light. That song, mm-hmm. I when I was in junior high, me and my straight, who I totally believe, like very much straight best friend, mm-hmm. like dry humped each other too sure. i think because we were just horny horny boys that sure. didn't know what to do and like that was a very weird that song played and we like like 
literally dry humped each other too. Nice, nice. Um, well, our, dry hump our website. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, dry hump our website. <laughs> it's gayishpodcast.com. <laughs> um, our social is at gayishpodcast. We are in an, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, join our gayish Facebook group slash groups slash gayish podcast. It's called Gayish Community and join our Discord. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. And... Yes, I respond to text messages, and no, I am not a robot. Didn't someone was like, "Oh, this is not a robot." Like we we don't re- reply to everything. We try our best to do what we. But yes, if someone is replying, it is Mike, Dan, or Kyle. Like yeah. Um, our email is gayishpodcast at gmail dot com. And our post office box is one nine eight eight two Seattle, Washington nine eight one zero nine. Um. Yeah. I we have a tour, a very, uh, short Pacific Northwest tour coming up, just to to get you some of the dates ahead of time. I say this not knowing any of the dates myself, so sure. looking to Mike with a computer in front of him to sure. say them. Sure. But we are performing at the Tree Fort Festival in Boise, Idaho, on Idaho. <laughs> It's another state. It's fine. It's different. It's it's like the sub-state of Iowa. Saturday, March 26th at 4 p.m. at the Tree Fort Music Festival in Boise, Idaho. Um, uh, the next weekend, we are performing in Portland at yeah. the Hopcap Brewing uh, Bar. Bar? Yeah. Uh, same folks that hosted us at Yakima Pride, which is very sweet of them. We're going to do some fun, cool things uh, for our fifth anniversary of being a podcast, and that is on... Sunday, April the 3rd at Hop Capital Brewing in Portland, Oregon. And then we'll be in Seattle. Details TBA. But that is April 10th. Mm-hmm. And I know that because that is the day after my birthday. So yeah. you all better be there to help me celebrate uh, in, in Seattle. Yeah, it's going to be great. And 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 we're, we're sort of sort of testing like our ability to do a tour. So please come. Uh, yeah. Do, <laughs> yeah. They're, like... Do, do we have enough listeners to like, will, will people show up? Is it useful? Do people like it? Do we like it? Like, yeah, there's a lot. So like, you know, if, if shows, live shows, if you, if you like them showing up, will make a big difference. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do the four R's everybody. It helps us rate, review, rubscribe and recommend. Yeah. It legit is good for us. Recommending. Yeah. Finding your gay friend and being like, Hey, you don't know much. (laughs) Say it like that. Listen to these people that don't either. (laughs) Realize that's okay. Because other people have a fucking show about not knowing shit. Uh, Do you want to do gayest? Sure. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Great. Uh, So the gayest thing about me this week, I, 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 I have, I have, I've been, I've been hanging out with a boy, and that's been fun. Do you love him? Oh, God. It's love. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, we watched Crazy Rich Asians. Oh. We, we snuggled up on the couch and watched a rom-com, and I just feel that like there's, some, there's something gay about that. Like Faux show. Yeah. How'd you like it? I really enjoyed it. That was good, right? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I feel like this is maybe a dangerous sentence. Oh. I don't know. All of the Asian people in my life, expressed to me similar family conflicts mm. and, and especially the queer Asian people in my life. Mm. And um, so I, I was, I was glad to see that sort of played out and, and uh, yeah, it, it was, it was super interesting. Uh, and uh, the straightest thing about me this week is uh, while we're cuddled up on the couch watching the movie, he looks over at my bar and he goes, 
Is that a giant candy cane full of fireball shots? <laughs> yes, yep. yes, it is. <laughs> that is exactly what that is. Is a candy cane full of fireball? Yeah, yeah. The the ex roommate's boyfriend gave it to me for Christmas. Oh, so I have a candy cane full of fireball shots. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, how about you? What's up? Um, my gays and straightest are interestingly the opposite of what you might think. Mm. Uh, the gayest is the TV show that I'm watching. Search Party. Ooh. Okay, uh, what's it about? It is about, initially, to try to not ruin too many things, it is, uh, because, yeah, I've heard people talk about this and people love it. It's on HBO. Um, it is about kind of someone who is true crime obsessed and trying to find a missing person. Ooh, okay. But there are, like, very gay characters that are, huh. um, I, I, you know I get annoyed now with, like, people that are, like, too hot, that yeah. I'm, like, anno- I'm, like, ugh, like, there are people that are, have, like, realistic bodies are very terrible people are like it, it, that that part of it is very nice to me sure like that. um and my straightest is watching the tv shows and just like that which is the sex in the city yeah. reboot and uh golden palace the uh. reboot of golden girls it felt very similar of like you know when you like are they the same show 20 years apart or 30 years apart or whatever well, it's interesting I, th- I i don't we talked about the, the characters ages when we talked about um uh, Betty White on that episode and I think the character it's so weird they are like not too far away in ages and like back in those days it was like I'm retired and I'm old and these are like I'm learning to love again and date and like you know I'm Sarah Jessica Parker and I'm like fucking hot you know like there's that part and like they have non-binary representation but it like so like it the straightest thing is because it's very clear like I don't know like, I don't know any non-binary people that love that rep- representation like sure. I think in uh, them to us it, it was like and just like that, we got mediocre non-binary representation. Right. <laughs> like, any is great, but, like, what non-binary person is like, hello, I'm non-binary, and I love to make jokes about it, and let's talk about that, and that's who I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's... Star yeah. Trek Discovery has a non-binary character, and, like, I'm I'm happy for the representation, and I really enjoy it, and they are definitely fucking bonking us over the head <laughs> with like like <laughs> they they full on announce that they're non-binary and like there's a like correcting their like other people's pronouns the way that they refer to them yeah. and um it's a uh, I don't know I'm simultaneously happy for the the moment and the representation but also like I think by the time we get to the 29th century or whatever like. <laughs> But this is not going to be a thing that we talk about anymore. I would like to read. I posted on our Facebook group. Um, yeah, you ask did. people for it was very sexy. It's mm-hmm. Mike's voice implied. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read a few because I liked a whole bunch of the responses. Sure, great. Uh, yeah. Mason Taylor said, "Gayest is a first date with a girl from Tinder." Yay! Straightest is accidentally scheduling it for Valentine's Day weekend. Oh no! Yo, Liz Lemon did that. <laughs> yep. Uh, AE says, "Straightest is I finished a bunch of construction with lumber and power tools to build a window seat slash shelf." Hot. Mm. Uh, gayest <laughs> is now it's time to sew a seat cushion for it. Hem the curtains that'll hang from the mount and continue decorating. Oh my! Um, okay. I mean, I good for you yeah i i mean i i sewing is sewing is sewing is up there in the gay so, department oh i thought sewing yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh for sure uh adam sherman says stratus is picking up a couch for my ex-wife because she dropped a piece of jewelry back there oh. uh gayest is getting iced coffee for my boyfriend when it's under 30 fahrenheit outside yeah and then lastly brennan sherwood you know you got this only for one word that you included in it and i guess you gay is telling the nail tech that she grabbed the wrong color gel polish and then 
having to argue and prove I was right. Okay. <laughs> isn't that... That's like a gay scene that would be in a TV show of like, you pick the wrong nail polish, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's, uh, yep. a, that's hilarious. Um, Straight is purposefully finding an empty lot in a snowstorm to do donuts in the snow like a straight frat boy. Yes, I do that with the Jeep all the time. I thought about you and then they thought about <laughs> me and frat boys. And that's, and anyway, yeah. So uh, thank you all for sending your case and straight is. Yeah, thank you as always, y'all. I really appreciate it. Um. Yeah. Thank you to all the loves of my life. Yeah. Thank to, whether you're a dog or something worse. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and thank you to, I don't know. All the boys you've loved before. To all the boys I've loved before. Is that a song too? Yeah. Oh, is that where they got it's, the title? It's, it's girls, but it's oh. Willie Nelson. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you for caring about us. And thanks. We care about you. Thanks for my friends thanks to my family (laughs) thanks to Cloris Leachman I don't know I will say unironically thank you to both of my ex-spouses I'm learning to appreciate the fact that we were in love in different ways and that I am all the better for it that is a great sentiment that I also echo of I'm grateful for the people that I have loved my the the guys that I've dated because they have taught me things that I will bring into my next relationships yeah thank you to you mike oh thank you kyle love you too now say the names (laughs) (laughs) who else i love (laughs) josh copeland forrest nail patrick martin anonymous james barrow explosive lasagna christopher christopher farrell jamie Pugh, kevin henderson tipsy mcstumbles donald linsky thomas b dusty sands a.e coleman chris catchatorian jerome york and cian and javi thank you we love your, your money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. And that's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week. Much be be you. Goodbye, Mike. See you next week. See ya. Oh God. Mommy made me mash my M&M's. Mommy made me mash my M&M's. Did you learn that from me? Did you ever yes, do that? Yes, I learned that from you. <laughs> of all the valuable things I've learned from you, Kyle, That's... most of them are about pop songs. <laughs> about... <laughs>